Hi, I'm Colin. And I'm Michael. Welcome to Just Some Dads. We got together to create this podcast focused on life as a father. Our mission is centered on family, faith, and fortitude. In each episode, we talk about being a dad through these lenses. Family is the reason I get out of bed and go to work every day. And family is vital to who I am. We believe that faith is the honest and earnest spiritual search for life-guiding truths. Fortitude is courage in the face of adversity, learning from trials, and constantly building yourself. As young fathers, we both sought out dad-centric communities, but we're pretty underwhelmed with what we found. So we set out to create our own community with these three values. There's nothing easy about being a husband and father, but together we can support each other and sprinkle in some dad humor along the way. We want to encourage discussion about working through tough times, mental health, engaging with your kids, developing your relationship with your spouse, and so much more. As a dad, you have incredible influence on your family, your friends, and your community. So join us as we try to uplift and strengthen each other with positive daditudes and as we all keep doing good. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Just Some Dads and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's really weird to be saying that. I feel like we're still at the end of November or October even sometimes, partially because the weather has just been weird here. It's been unseasonably warm and my Idaho white Christmas self is not used to having 63 degrees in the middle of December. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on either. I don't know if it's just the area I'm in now, but I've been living in the 70s pretty consistently and it's it's kind of nice. I get to go outside and feel like fall and realize, "Oh wait, Christmas is in like a week. It's December of 2020." I know it's 2021, people. Right. Man, yeah, I can't believe it's December 2021. Uh well, anyway, long and long and short of it, Merry Christmas and um before we get into our, our episode today, Michael, you wanted to mention something real quick. Yeah, I just want to say, um, as we try to focus on, you know, light and happiness and joy and all that fun stuff for Christmas, we want to take a moment to express our condolences and solidarity with those who have been impacted by the tornadoes in the central southern U.S., um, Kentucky and Arkansas and, and those areas. That's not too far from where I used to live, and so I have friends who are not directly impacted but feeling the effects and trying to help out. Um, we understand what that's like. Um, and it's difficult and it's hard and it's especially poignant so close to Christmas when it's supposed to be a time of hope and peace and gladness. So we just wanted to express our, our love and, and our concern and, and best wishes and best hopes for those who are, who are struggling. And if you can find it in yourself and in your ability to provide some love and care and, and help, then please do so. We encourage that. Um, but yeah, Christmas is, can be, uh, difficult sometimes for those who don't always have everything that they hope for for Christmas. And we love you. We care about you. And we hope that this episode can can share a little bit of, of light and joy and Christmas spirit with all of you. So thanks for listening. Yeah. I just want to echo that. Thanks for bringing that up. And um, it's been, I mean, one of the things that I've, I've always liked about Christmas is the, the giving of gifts. And as I've gotten older and we're in a different stage of life now, um, we're, you know, we're able to participate in these things of, of giving back to the community or helping people around you. And I, I don't want this to be a brag, 
but it's awesome. I really love just being able to, to give, especially because I've been on the receiving end so many times and I am really lucky to know the amazing people that I do. And hopefully I can somewhat pay it forward. So an easy way to do that for any of our listeners who are curious is get on Google or whatever search engine you happen to use and search giving machine. And I'm just going to leave it at that yeah. because it is a whole world experience that will blow your mind. That's so cool. And I'm not exaggerating. Check it out. Again, search giving machine. That's all we're going to, we're going to talk about. So let's jump into this episode, Colin. We, um, we have something fun planned. Yeah. We've been talking about this for a little while. And I don't know if for anybody who remembers our episode last year, we shared some Christmas stories and around our, our favorite Christmas songs. And we're going to go in a, a similar vein today, but we're going to do stories somewhat more related to fatherhood and families and faith and fortitude with our, our new mission. And uh, if you want to kick it off, Michael, I know you, you said you didn't have a story, but you had something else. I don't, no. So I I have a, a poem that I wanted to share that is, it's not a... A story of fatherhood per se. Um, but it's, it's a pretty, pretty fantastic poem. Okay. So this poem, and you know, I should probably look up the name of it because I don't remember the name, but it's written by one of my all time favorite authors. Um, and his name is John Milton. So he wrote a fantastic book slash poem. It's an epic poem called Paradise Lost. And I, I, I really love it. Um, I read it when I was in high school and it really stuck out to me. It's, it's a religious based poem based around the fall of Adam and Eve. And I, I fell in love with it. I loved it. Um, and I've come across this poem, which is called On the Morning of Christ's Nativity. Um, and John Milton has a very interesting and kind of specific way of writing. Um, that just really sticks out to me. And it's, it's quite a poignant and powerful poem. So if you're interested, you can look it up. I'm going to share some of it, not all of it, because it is quite long. Um, so I'm piecemealing a little bit of this together, but I just want to share it with you because it's something that speaks to me. So I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. You ready? You ready, Colin? Absolutely. Let's do it. Colin's never heard this. So this, this should be good. I'm going to try to be evocative with my voice and, uh, get into my inner poet and see how this goes. I'm excited. It was the winter wild, while the heaven-born child all meanly wrapped in the rude manger lies. Nature, in awe to him, had doffed her gaudy trim. With her great master so to sympathize, it was no season then for her to wanton with the sun her lusty paramour. Only with speeches fair she woos the gentle air to hide her guilty front with innocent snow, and on her naked shame pollute with sinful blame the saintly veil of maiden white to throw. Confounded! that her maker's eyes should look so near upon her foul deformities. But he, her fears to cease, sent down the meek-eyed peace. She, crowned with olive green, came softly sliding down through the turning sphere his ruddy harbinger, with turtle wing the amorous clouds dividing. And, waving wide her myrtle wand, she strikes a universal peace through sea and land. No war or battles sound, was heard in the world around, the idle spear and shield were high uphung. The hooked chariot stood unstained with hostile blood. The trumpet spake, not to the armed throng. And kings sat still with awful eye, as if they surely knew their sovereign lord was by. 
But peaceful was the night wherein the Prince of Light, his reign of peace upon the earth began. The winds with wonder whist, smoothly the waters kissed, whispering new joys to the mild ocean, who now hath quite forgotten to rave, while birds of calm sit brooding on the charmed wave. The stars with deep amaze stand fixed in steadfast gaze, bending one way their precious influence, and will not take their flight for all the morning light, or Lucifer that often warned them thence, but in their glimmering orbs did glow until their Lord himself bespake, and bid them go. And through the shady gloom had given day her room, the sun himself withheld his wonted speed, and hid his head of shame, as his inferior flame the new enlightened world no more should need. He saw a greater sun appear than his bright throne or burning axle tree could bear. The shepherds on the lawn, or ere their point of dawn, sat simply chatting in a rustic row. Full little, thought they, then the mighty Pan was kindly come to live with them below. Perhaps their loves, or else their sheep, was all that they did their silly thoughts so busy keep. When such sweet music their hearts and ears did greet, as never was by mortal finger struck, divinely warbled voice answering the stringed noise, as all their souls in blissful rapture took, the air such pleasure loth to lose, with thousands echoed, still prolongs each heavenly close. At last surrounds their sight a globe of circular light, that with long beams the shame-faced night arrayed, the helmet cherubim and sworded seraphim, are seen in glittering ranks with wings displayed, harping in loud and solemn choir with unexpressive notes to heaven's newborn air. Such music, as to said, before was never made. But when of old the sons of morning sung, while the Creator great his constellation set, and the well-palanced world on hinges hung, and cast the dark foundations deep, and bid the weltering waves their oozy channel keep. Ring out, ye crystal spheres! Once bless our human ears, if ye have power to touch our senses so, and let your silver chime move in melodious time, and let the bass of heaven's deep organ blow, and with your ninefold harmony make up full consort of the angelic symphony. For, if such holy song enwrap our fancy long, time will run back and fetch the age of gold, and speckled vanity will sicken soon and die, and leprous sin will melt from earthly mold, and hell itself will pass away and leave her dolorous mansions of the peering day. Yes, truth and justice then will down return to men, the enameled heiress of the rainbow wearing and mercy set between, throned in celestial sheen with radiant feet and tissue clouds down steering. And heaven, as at some festival, will open wide the gates of her high palace hall. But wisest fate says no. This must not yet be so. The babe lies yet in smiling infancy that on the bitter cross must redeem our loss, so both himself and us to glorify. Yet first, to those chained in sleep, the wakeful trump of doom must thunder through the deep. And then, at last our bliss full and perfect is. But now begins... For from this happy day the old dragon underground in straighter limits bound, not half so far cast as usurp its sway, and wroth to see his kingdom fail, swinges the scaly horror of his folded tail. But see, the virgin blessed, 
hath laid her babe to rest, time is our tedious song, should here have ending. Heaven's youngest team at star hath fixed her polished car, her sleeping lord, with handmade lamp attending. And all about the courtly stable, bright harnessed angels sit in order serviceable. I love that. <laughs> wow. It's quite the poem, isn't it? That was really neat. Yeah. It um, was kind of heavy. I'm going to have to definitely find that and read it because that was really that was really good, though. I really like that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I hope I did it justice because it is, it is quite – I mean, I only took snippets out of it. And Milton has this um, – he was a religious writer. He he introduces characters kind of similarly to C.S. Lewis. I don't know if he had any impact on C.S. Lewis, um, but he does a lot with playing on the interactions of the followers of of God and Christ and Lucifer and his followers. And so there's a little bit more narrative in the full poem of like the casting out and the defeat and the the shame of Lucifer and his followers at the birth of Christ. And so he kind of goes into that and throws in names and symbology and all that fun stuff. I thought that would be a little much. And plus it was kind of difficult to read. So I cut that out for easiness on my part, but I, yeah, it's, I, I love, I love the work of John Milton. I really love this poem. I love how it ends um, because he writes it as if it's a song and it kind of has that sing songy kind of poetic feel. And this, this last line I, I particularly enjoy where it says, um, time is our tedious song should hear have ending. I did a lot of analysis on John Milton, and so I'm going to get kind of nerdy, but he picks his words very carefully. Um, and I love that he uses just that single word of time, because we in the modern world mark time by the birth of Christ. And this poem is about, you know, the birth of Christ. It's Again, it's called On the Morning of Christ's Nativity. And so just at the very end, it's his last little stanza, where he says, time is our tedious song should hear have ending. But it's also our beginning. It is It is the central focal point. It's the median of time. And just that single use of that word, I'm sure he used it very specifically. But I, I love that he throws that in at the end. That's that's what I wanted to share with you all. I hope I hope it uh it touched you in the way that it provided some some impactful meaning to me. Yeah, no, that was that was really great. I really appreciated that. And I'm definitely gonna go back and reread that. Yeah, we'll we'll put a a, a poster, we'll put it in the notes or somewhere so it's accessible. It's public domain, so anyone can look it up and Google it. Cool. Yeah, I I have never read anything from John Milton, but now I my curiosity's peaked. So my uh, story that came to my mind was a story that I've heard uh, for a long time growing up and don't know if other people have heard it. It seems like uh, when I initially shared it, Michael, you said you weren't super familiar with the story. So hopefully this is a new story for some people out there. And if not, it's a it's a good reminder of of how I feel like the what the real spirit of Christmas is. So this is called Christmas Day in the Morning by Pearl S. Buck. He woke suddenly and completely. It was four o'clock, the hour at which his father had always called him to get up and help with the milking. Strange how the habits of his youth clung to him still. Fifty years ago, and his father had been dead for thirty years, and yet he waked at four o'clock in the morning. He had trained himself to turn over and go to sleep. But this morning it was Christmas. He did not try to sleep. Why did he feel so awake tonight? 
He slipped back in time as he did so easily nowadays. He was 15 years old and still on his father's farm. He loved his father. He had not known it until one day a few days before Christmas when he had overheard what his father was saying to his mother. Mary, I hate to call Rob in the mornings. He's growing so fast and he needs his sleep. If you could see how he sleeps when I go to wake him up, I wish I could manage alone. Well, you can't, Adam. His mother's voice was brisk. Besides, he isn't a child anymore. It's time he took his turn. Yes, his father said slowly, but I sure do hate to wake him. When he heard these words, something in him woke. His father loved him. He had never thought of it before, taking for granted the tie of their blood. Neither his father nor his mother talked about loving their children. They had no time for such things. There was always so much to do on the farm. Now that he knew his father loved him, there would be no more loitering in the mornings and having to be called again. He got up after that, stumbling blind with sleep, and pulled on his clothes, his eyes tight shut, but he got up. And then, on the night before Christmas, that year when he was fifteen, he lay for a few minutes, thinking about the next day. They were poor, and most of the excitement was in the turkey they had raised themselves and the mince pies his mother had made. His sisters sewed presents, and his mother and father always bought something he needed, not only a warm jacket, maybe something more, such as a book. And he saved and bought them each something, too. He wished that Christmas he was fifteen. He had a better present for his father. As usual, he had gone to the ten-cent store and bought a tie. It seemed nice enough, until he lay thinking the night before Christmas. He looked out his little attic window. The stars were bright. Dad, he had once asked when he was a little boy, What is a stable? It's a barn, his father had replied, like ours. Then Jesus had been born in a barn, and the barn to a barn the shepherds had come. The thought struck him like a silver dagger. Why should he not give his father a special gift too, out there in the barn? He could get up early, earlier than four, and he could creep into the barn and get all the milking done. He'd do it alone, milk and clean up, and then when his father went to start milking he'd see it all done, and he would know who had done it. He laughed to himself as he gazed at the stars. It was what he would do, and he mustn't sleep too sound. He must have waked twenty times, scratching a match each time to look at his old watch, midnight and half past one, and then two o'clock. At a quarter to three he got up and put on his clothes. He crept downstairs careful of the creaky boards and let himself out. The cows looked at him, sleepy and surprised. It was too early for them, too. He had never milked all alone before, but it seemed almost easy. He kept thinking about his father's surprise. His father would come in and get him, saying he would get things started while Rob was getting dressed. He'd go to the barn, open the door, and then he'd go to the to get the two empty milk cans, but they wouldn't be waiting, or empty. They'd be standing in the milk house, filled. What the? He could hear his father exclaiming. He smiled and milked steadily, two strong streams rushing into the pail, frothing and fragrant. The task went more easily than he had ever known it to go before. Milking, for once, was not a chore. It was something else, a gift to his father who loved him. He finished, the two milk cans were full, and he covered them and closed the milk house door carefully. Back in his room, he only had a minute to pull off his clothes in the darkness and jump into bed, for he heard his father up. He heard the covers, he pulled, put the covers over his head to silence his quick breathing. The door opened. Rob, his father called, we have to get up, son, even if it is Christmas. All right, he said sleepily. 
The door closed, and he lay still, laughing to himself. In just a few minutes, his father would know. His dancing heart was ready to jump from his body. The minutes were endless. Ten, fifteen, he did not know how many, and he heard his father's footsteps again. The door opened, and he lay still. Rob. Yes, Dad? His father was laughing. A sort of sobbing laugh. Thought you'd fool me, did you? His father was standing beside his bed, feeling for him, pulling away the cover. It's for Christmas, Dad. He found his father and clutched him in a great hug. He felt his father's arms go around him. It was dark, and they could not see each other's faces. Rob, I thank you. Never, nobody ever did a nicer thing. Oh, Dad, I want you to know, I do want to be good. The words broke from him of their own will. He did not know what to say. His heart was bursting with love. He got up and pulled on his clothes again, and they went down to the Christmas tree. Oh, what a Christmas, and how his heart nearly burst again when the shyness, with shyness and pride as his father told his mother and made the three younger children listen about how he, Rob, had got up all by himself. The best Christmas gift I ever had, and I'll remember it, son, every year on Christmas morning, so long as I live. They both remembered it, and now that his father was dead, he remembered it alone. That blessed Christmas dawn, when, alone with the cows in the barn, he made his first gift of true love. Oh, I'm teary-eyed. And I, I actually am. Yeah, I probably I probably should have read that uh, before. I mean, I have, I've read it before, but it's been a little while. Um, Stories like that always get to me. I I didn't grow up in in the most lavish of circumstances. And there were some Christmases that were very meager. And I very much appreciate those Christmases and those moments with my family and my parents. And um, I don't know, I just get weepy. <laughs> I get emotional. And uh, stories like that, because I, I love my dad. My father is, is the most incredible man and he's my hero and I look up to him and I try to aspire to be everything that he is and I fall short so dramatically. And uh, I I understand Rob in this story. And his uh, desire to do something simple but profoundly meaningful for someone who has impacted his life so deeply as his father. And so I, I get him, and I love that story. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. I Give me a second to go wipe away my tears. That story has always uh, meant a lot to me. And um, there was even a, a little feature film, Christmas feature film made about it uh a long time ago, probably back in the eighties or nineties. And, um, that was, a uh, something that I really appreciated watching. And, and now that I'm older and, you know, I think about my own interactions with my dad and my desire to express gratitude to him and things that I could have done or did. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm glad you liked it. And, um, I guess there's not a lot more to say about that. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hug your families. Hug your friends. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And we will see you all again in the new year. So until then, keep doing good. good. All right, Colin. In honor of this Christmas season, I have a Christmas joke for you. Are you ready? Go for it. All right. So what do you call a poor Santa Claus? Saint Nicholas. Oh boy. <laughs> that's that's, that's a dad joke. Man, 
Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. From all of us at Just Some Dads to all of you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Just Some Dads to see our take on dad life and our versions of whatever is trending. We love and appreciate feedback, so make sure and reach out to us with your comments and thoughts about today's episode. You're also welcome to contact us at JustSomeDadsPodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Really, we would. And we're excited for you to join us on the next episode of Just Some Dads.